The following production is part of the Play Some Video Games Podcast Network. Welcome to Board with Video Games, the gaming podcast that strives for the right balance of coverage for games you play on your table and on your television. We're a proud member of the PSVG Podcast Network and thrilled to be part of the Dice Tower Network as well. I am one of your hosts, Kyle Hyman, and joining me on this co-op adventure, the guy who needed a two-week vacation from me, Josh Borboni. Welcome back to the show, sir. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. It's good to be back. Uh, I didn't need a vacation from you, uh, but... That is what happened. So what can you do? <laughs> I, I find people to fill in is what is what I can do, I guess. That's right. <laughs> so um did you listen by chance? If you didn't, it's okay. Did you listen to last week's show, Josh? I didn't listen to I listened to Donnie's. I didn't get to any I didn't listen to any podcasts this week, so I didn't get to tell You were on vacation. That's reasonable. Um yes. so Kevin said when he was filling in, uh, that you're how you're doing the answer is always supposed to be tired. Yes. <laughs> so just so you know, that, that is that is just so you know, apparently, uh, <clears throat> known enough that that is your most common response that Kevin is like, I'm supposed to say I'm tired now, correct? Yeah, I'm always tired, so he's not wrong. <laughs> I would figure Kevin would be too, though, because he's like, he's a dad too. Like, he's got children. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's all perspective based, right? Because uh, by all accounts, I shouldn't be saying i'm tired just having one kid because well, there's people I, with uh, way more <laughs> yeah i i think though that having any amount of children uh means you can say you're tired like i feel that's sure. fine so so yeah but josh i mean for our pregame where have you been the last two weeks what's been going on man uh nothing like too exciting uh the first week i missed because i wasn't feeling well and it just turned into a whole thing uh, which isn't very exciting or interesting. Uh, the second week I uh, was on vacation, so yeah, I couldn't record. I was I went to the beach. I was on Hampton Beach in New Hampshire for the week. We go there every year. Uh, right after my birthday, it usually works out. So I did celebrate a birthday in between our two weeks off. Not that anyone uh, in the PSVG Discord noticed. <laughs> I wish you a happy birthday. I'm kidding. That was a joke. Oh, I was like. <laughs> that was a joke. It's funny. Though I like, will say, when I wish you a happy birthday, I did send it to you privately. Yeah, privately. I did not put it in the Discord. Yeah. That is true. That is true. That was a joke. I'm in uh, Sean Capri's Discord also, and he always does shout outs for birthdays. Uh-huh. <clears throat> but I, th- I think it must be a Patreon tier because I was already geared up for my 50 messages from you, me, and Capri. Uh, I forget what they call it now. Uh, Discord. Yeah, because they changed the name of it. How about Drive, uh, right? Yeah, it's called... Uh, Carpool Gaming? Carpool, Carpool gaming? gaming, thank you. There we go. Carpool Gaming, yeah. yeah. So I was like, oh, I must, it must be a tier. I missed it. Uh, yeah. Uh, spent a lot of time on the beach. Usually we don't spend so much time. My son's five now. So the past few years, like... Uh, 
we don't, you know, he's not interested in spending all day on the beach. So we typically wouldn't do that. But this year we spent, we spent more time than usual, but not a whole lot of time, uh, you know, get out there at like eight or 9 a.m. and come back for a lunch. And they have a nice boardwalk that spans the whole length of the beach and, you know, get some lunch, go to some shops, go back to the beach house, relax, just kind of turn everything off. It was nice, relaxing. I don't want it to be over, which makes today a very depressing day, knowing that today is <laughs> the, the last day. Again, well, yeah, sorry. Uh, this is the highlight of my day. And then I say that, and then I'm like, well, what did I just... Did I just insult my family too? <laughs> <laughs> but you uh, spent like a week with them, so I know we had really nice weather last week. Today we came back to very very hot weather. Uh, we hit triple digits for a minute or two today. Bang! That is. Uh, so we put another air conditioner in the house and closed some doors and tried to keep the whole house cool. See, this was a conversation Kevin and I had because central air just isn't really a thing where y'all live. Right. Right. And yeah, that's just so uh, bizarre it's to me. Tough. My neighbors put in some split units, so they have like nice air now in their houses. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just haven't gotten there yet, and it's you know it's a big undertaking. Yeah, it's huge, that. especially when in these old like three deckers from a hundred years ago, where the electricals right. two prong outlets and one outlet per room. You know, it's tough. Well, and just you know the like. The idea of central air is like, you know, when your house was not built for having central air in it, like adding it is, is it possible? Sure. But it's so expensive to do because yeah, you have yeah. like, basically redo your entire HVAC and like, do you have runs that can go all the way up to, you know, the second and third floor to make that happen? And, you know, all that stuff just isn't necessarily possible. And for, you know, people like myself, like that's just surprising like you just kind of assume that you know that's something that most people have and then you realize that there's huge swaths of the country that just (laughs) don't have it uh but that's what happened that's what you get for living in a cool old place if you live in the middle of the country where everyone's giving up on their dreams you can have things like central air it's pretty great (laughs) well maybe that's where i'm heading (laughs) (laughs) so but gotcha so uh favorite part of going to the beach josh because i will say like you going to the beach and yeah. again a difference in just like where we are at and like right all that stuff like you going to the beach and me going to the beach like how those things like look are very very different sure sure so best part of like going to because like when i go to the beach like the beach is usually on a lake <laughs> and right. there's no boardwalk to speak of or anything like that so yeah uh what what is your favorite part about going to the beach or what was the favorite part this week about going to the beach uh, that's a good question. Uh, I really, I really do enjoy just kind of. I I don't mind like getting into the water. The water temperatures were like fifty nine degrees this week. Okay, that's pretty chilly. Yeah, so I I enjoy like going in, getting hot on the on the beach, digging sand castles with my son and stuff, and then you know just periodically getting up and throwing yourself into the freezing cold water and coming back out. It's refreshing. Um, and relaxing. You know, I didn't miss my phone too much. I still use it in the mornings, but, Mm -hmm. you know, I took my watch off. Uh, I didn't use my phone on the beach unless it was to make sure I wasn't missing any important messages or calls. 
Right. Uh, so kind of just like the disconnect, spending time with family, you know, like in a way that we don't do now that we used to do when we were kids, a little bit like of a throwback thing. Right. Uh, so I like that too, but just like a release from all this stress and anxiety, that's the biggest, like huge plus. And also that's- a huge minus to come back to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. So, I mean, 50, that, 59 is pretty chilly. Yeah, um, it's pretty cold. <laughs> that, that is definitely. Um, I don't know what the water temps in uh, California or Florida are, but I'm assuming they're 70. <laughs> well, because I was going to say, like, that was always the big thing about Minnesota, right? Is that, you know, when I was living in Minnesota and I was really active in water sports, you know, when you would go out like in early May, like not long after the ice was out, like the water would be like you'd have to wear a wetsuit, right? Like because it would be right. so cold, yeah. Um, that you'd have to do that. But like by the middle of summer, like right now, I would guess even in like Lake Minnetonka and other bigger lakes in Minnesota, that the water temperature is probably in the low to mid seventies. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it, it's not. It's one of those that like you jump in and you're like, oh, this is nice. Like it's yeah. not, you know. But when you're jumping in and you know, early May, late May, it's pretty cold. <laughs> like it's pretty cold right. when you jump in. So yeah, that just fifty nine for people go running and jumping out there. I'm pretty impressed by actually. I'm surprised that so many people would go in the water. Yeah, I'm not staying in swimming, but sometimes you do. But this year I didn't. But uh, yeah, it's a little, little. It's this is the rule. Like you get in and you wait till your feet don't feel the pain anymore because it hurts. <laughs> it hurts so much. And your feet and your ankles, and then you know once that pain goes away, you're good to go jump in. Right. Because, like, that temperature, what you're talking about, is, like, Lake Superior water temperature. Like, Lake Superior, I don't think, ever gets above, like, the low 50s, probably. Yeah, that's a northern lake. Yeah, that's, like, the big of the Great Lakes, yeah. the one that's up by Duluth. Like, that one... I, I mean, maybe like right by shore, it gets warmer, but like even in the middle of the summer when it's been super hot, like that lake is still pretty dang cold. Like I think 59, maybe even like when you're on the beach would be the maximum about that Lake Superior would be. Now, I've never lived there, so maybe I'm wrong, right. but I, I feel like just from my experience, Lake Superior never gets all that warm in comparison. So, yeah, but hey, I, I, I'm proud of you that you ventured out into the water, even when oh, it's so chilly, but not like <laughs> too dangerous amount, so. Uh, okay, Josh, and I know we talked about this last time when you went to the beach too, but yeah, you posted this on your Instagram, and I just can't fathom this, Josh. <sighs> Outside of your like front porch at this beach <laughs> house you go to, yeah, it is like a party happening like every night, every how, night. Like how how do you like be like I'm gonna go to the beach, I'm gonna relax, and then you go sit in the front porch, and it's just like a street party happening with people drinking and music and, and yeah. ridiculousness going on like that and it seems like it goes pretty late like how how does this happen yeah. josh how is this like the thing <laughs> usually i go over there and get food too i didn't get any food there this year <laughs> i'll go and have a beer and play kino or get some food for lunch but um yeah it just it it never used to be that we've we've stayed on this as they name their streets by a letter down the boardwalk so we've stayed on l street for a long time, and this place is called the L Street Cafe. We used to stay at the house that was right next to it. Now we're at the house right across the street from it. Right. Um, and when when we used to stay at the house 
next to it, it was just a little rinky-dinky uh, place that you knew was open till like 2 a.m. And, and then they opened again at like 6 a.m. for breakfast and then closed until like 4. And right. then all of a sudden, someone different, someone who owns other restaurants in the beach bought it and then turned it into this party bar yeah uh it's pretty exciting to yeah there's live music every night of the week uh fridays and saturdays they turn the music volume up it's outside they do have karaoke inside though so it's pretty funny when the door open when the door opens to go inside you get the karaoke music coming out (laughs) while someone's playing live music um and they play yeah they play until midnight they serve food until midnight they close at one uh usually the police are called every night this year there was fresh blood outside the front of our door uh that <laughs> led down the street uh which we had to like bleach out of the sidewalk so the kids weren't like stepping in it <laughs> um this the, all the bedrooms are on the top, on the second floor of the house we stay in, and yeah. three of the bedrooms are on the side of the house facing the bar, and two of the bedrooms are in the back. And we, the last two years, we've been in the, one of the back bedrooms, so you can't really hear the music too much. You still hear it a little bit because you have to have. There's no AC. You have to have right. fans on. Um. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty. It's, it's pretty comical. It's not so terrible that we, we don't go back as we go back every year. Right. Um, and then, like, I took that video because I was like, you know, we, we take we take advantage. We're not taking advantage of, even if the live music isn't the best, it's right. still someone is literally playing free music for you. Yeah. Even though they all play the same songs. I heard country road and wagon wheel probably a thousand times this <laughs> last week um, and then the the restaurant at the top of the street all of a sudden decided to do concerts now oh wow okay so aaron lewis played at, at the restaurant at the end of our street for three nights straight. Well, he's doing well, isn't he? <laughs> Follow, well, he opened his act with a pledge of allegiance, which uh, <laughs> is interesting. He had a band called the Sons of Liberty, 1776, open for him. Uh, it was very, uh, yeah. <laughs> no need to say anymore. You know exactly what I mean, I think. <laughs> well, I mean, it's very interesting in New Hampshire. Very, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I he's, he's a big Trump supporter and yeah. is very uh, anti-vax and at least for COVID and anti-mask mandates. So yeah, there's two houses on each end of our str- on one side of the street is a pro-Trump house on this on. The, our side next to us is a guy who has um, everyone who lied in court's name up on oh, a board. Gotcha. <laughs> uh, gotcha. It's very, very funny. Very interesting. We just keep our mouths uh, quiet for that stuff and just enjoy our time. Yeah. I mean, I think that's probably the <laughs> the way to do that. So, yeah. 
in the, in that situation when you're on vacation, right? Like, <laughs> yes. uh, one of the things that, so I actually, you know, back in the day, uh, had, um, the stained album dysfunction. I think yeah. that was kind of like their big breakout album. Uh, I think one thing that's interesting about that album, I think every song on it is a one word title. Oh, really? I think so. Hmm. Because it, that's like, you know, cause like, raw and mud shovel yeah and crawl like those are so i think i could be wrong but i believe every song on that album is just a one word title so but yeah did he uh (laughs) so you didn't go see aaron lewis play no i didn't go see him uh they do fireworks on the beach on wednesday nights we had a long day wednesday so we didn't go but uh, uh my cousin's girlfriend and her daughter were staying up with us for a few days and that's when she told me they went out to the beach to watch the fireworks and that's when he opened his show with a bunch mm. of allegiance and then went into his regular act he's a big country singer now so yeah i would say i think he's like very country now yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah so he uh he also had did a, like a protest song if i recall oh good I can't wait yeah. to listen to it. <laughs> Protesting um, America's leadership and the left wing, if I recall it correctly. So anyway, now that we have to get into the air, this isn't an Aaron Lewis podcast. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> so cool. Anything else about uh, your time away that you think would be helpful for people to know or that you want to share? Uh, I'm happy to be back. Try to be happy to be back. That's what I'm struggling with uh, <laughs> in general. Um, but also, like Kyle, you don't get you haven't taken a vacation in a long time proper vacation right if you can do it get out there and and uh try to remove yourself from all your daily distractions uh it can do wonders not that i am counting but we're 62 days away so nice that's close yeah we're getting there we're getting there so we actually were looking for um because i uh we'll talk a little bit about some of the stuff related to this later but we were watching a couple dice tower videos i mean we watched some videos about uh their dice tower east vlog yeah. Uh, and Erica was like, well, maybe next year. And I'm like, well, you know, Josh did mention the cruise. She's like, I meant ne- like next summer. And I was like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so she's like, we're not going to, we, we're not going to be in a situation in the spring, in the right away, in the beginning of the year. She's like, maybe later next year we can do something like that. I was like, okay, we'll see. So, but because we had talked about, you know, going to something like that or just like kind of similarly to, what you do but i mean not with our families uh but just going to right. like getting like a cabin for a week and just bringing a bunch of board games and yeah. and just like going and chilling and like just disconnecting from everything for a week in the summer and trying to reset the batteries if you would so yeah so we'll see i will say though uh surprisingly not nah, probably not surprisingly looking for cabins in minnesota and wisconsin and things like that to rent for a week in the summer pretty expensive <laughs> Oh yeah, because all of us, all of us coasters, want to come and do that trip. <laughs> so I was like, "Goodness gracious!" But I, you could get one really inexpensive if you are willing to live with uh, minimal, um, oh. you know, co- yes. comforts. Um, yeah, you could you can get them pretty inexpensive. But all right, well, hey, I'm sure that you know the listeners are done hearing about our vacation. So <laughs> let's that with that. Thanks so much for joining us this week, everyone. As always, if you have any feedback, questions, or suggested topics, hit us up at Board with VG on Twitter or check out all of the awesome stuff over on the Instagram, also Board with VG. We're proud to be part of the Play Some Video Games podcast family, and we encourage you to check out all of the shows like the PSVG podcast, the Nintendo Shack, PSXP, and Dollar Cinema. 
You never know when a new show might pop up, so be sure to stay tuned to all your favorite PSVG podcasts to stay up to date. We're also a member of the Dice Tower Podcast Network, so if you enjoy our conversations about board games and would like to dive deeper into that world, we encourage you to check out the Dice Tower Podcast archive, as well as all the other members of the network, no matter what type of board games you enjoy. There's a podcast on the network that's right for you. So Josh, it's been a few weeks, and your What You're Playing list looks chock full of things. So let's go through it, man. What have you been playing? It's not that chock full. Uh, it just seems like it's because I put longer words in there. Uh, <laughs> where do I want to start? So I so two weeks ago I got in trouble because I forgot to mention that I played Pathfinder. Uh, I joined up. I rejoined up with the group that I started with because uh, my work schedule has changed for the summer and looks like it will be changed permanently at least for now who knows uh so i only joined for one session played with a new person and had some fun just kind of like getting the feel for this character um exploring a mining uh village and it looks like this campaign will be ending or at least pausing soon the pathfinder one and we're going to be uh, jumping. I I just got my fancy new D and D five E player's handbook. So looks like we'll be jumping into the world of proper D and D. So we'll see awesome. how that goes. Will Will your dungeons also have dragons? I if that's up to the dungeon man. That's what I'm going to call him. <laughs> the dungeon man. <laughs> the DM. The dungeon man. Not the dungeon uh, man. <laughs> Speaking of the Dungeon Man, I played Gloomhaven with him last night. That's right. I came back from a week-long vacation, exhausted, did uh, all the laundry in the world, unpacked, cleaned the house in 98-degree weather, and then I went and played Gloomhaven at 8.30 p.m. <laughs> I saw that. I was like, wow, <laughs> this is 1 a.m. Gosh, goodness gracious. <laughs> uh, but it was a lot of fun, and uh, another one of our characters uh, completed his retirement goal last night so you will have another new character and i am three elite kills away from my own retirement we're just uh moving on we have uh we're gonna have essentially the next time we play or close to it three brand new characters because uh dang we have a cleric a cleric a bard now as part of our team as well um soothsayer as they're called in this Oh, so we got pretty interesting mechanics where uh, he was able to pick songs as active um, like status effects. Mm -hmm. So he would be playing a song and we would have strengthen until he stopped playing the song. So we were strengthened for a good amount of time, which gives you advantage on attacks. Did you, uh, do you make him sing every time he wants to do something? He wanted. He started singing when he was reading the uh, story, and he stopped Excellent. pretty quickly. Because okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, he also does sing in the Pathfinder campaign because he's just a good showman. Uh, what else? What else? What else? Okay. Well, we didn't. You know, usually on vacation, I. I get a, a game to the table every night that did not happen this year 
Mm-hmm. Um, we watched a couple movies, like we watched Jurassic World Dominion. We watched Lightyear again. Jurassic World Dominion, man, um, it's got to be one of the most uh, disappointing movies I've seen in a long time. Excellent. That's what you Unf- love to hear. Unfortunately. Um, yeah, I have not heard great things. So. I found out I, very quickly I wasn't alone. At, at first I thought maybe I was alone and I was being a little harsh on the film, but everyone seemed mm-hmm. to agree with me. So that was a bummer, but you know, at least I saw the movie. Uh, so yeah, we did that. I know that that's not what you play in. So the first oh, night... Okay. The first time we played a board game, we played Tetris, the board game. I picked it up because it was like 13 bucks at Target on clearance or I got it on clearance on like Prime Day or something. Mm-hmm. Of course, the game I did buy to bring, Phantom Inc., the game I really wanted to play with everyone, I forgot here. Oh, no. <laughs> so we played Tetris. Um, it seemed like it was going pretty well. Everyone has their Tetris board. It's clear plastic. It has little Tetris logos on it. So if you actually drop a piece that matches that logo mm-hmm. uh, onto that piece, you get a bonus victory point. And essentially everyone's playing the same Tetris pieces at the same time. You have a uh, play uh, card and you have an on de- like next card and just shows you the image of the Tetris piece you're playing. It does add... Um, something new for Tetris called instead of a Tetramino, it's called a Mino, and it's just a singular black block. Okay. Uh, it's really used for this game to fill in gaps because you're not clearing lines like you do in Tetris. You're getting lines, but you're never dropping them out of your thing. So you're just filling oh, gotcha. up your board. Um, so everyone plays at the same time. And then we realize pretty quickly the problem with this game, uh, the second you put a color that matches the logo on the board, uh-huh. I mean, on the t- on the plastic, you can't see it anymore. Oh, perfect. And you can't see it if you shine it in the light. You can't see what the logo was. So essentially, the game is unplayable if you want to play for victory points from those. <laughs> Excellent. Because you can't match up another player board because they're not exactly the same and then i noticed mine was actually bubbled and tearing so that one is even not even a good quality thing uh uh, component either so uh yeah that was disappointing but i only paid 13 bucks for a game i'm not gonna play again Uh, yeah so that's a bummer moving on uh We played Big Thunder Mountain, the board game. This is Mm. Disney's part of their 50th anniversary board game releases. This has a, well, from when you look at the box, it kind of has a a feel of like Fireball Island. It has the Big Thunder Mountain thing in the middle. You build the board around it. It's train tracks. And it has marbles that go inside, and what they what the marbles represent are water, uh, ore, and gold. And then there's also a fate marble, a red one that makes you like pull a card that could be like dynamite or flood or something like that. And the goal of the game is to get in your mine carts and go around the mountain and mine ore. Um, 
or uh, remove water from areas and then go to town, sell your your items and get victory points. Uh, so the functionality of the game is you have at the top of the mountain, you have this little, uh, it almost looks like a castle, but it's just like the top of a mountain. You spin it, it has a little opening, the marble drops in from the basin behind it, and then you turn it back and it will drop the marble into one of eight, uh, drop-off spots. And that's where your cards are. There's actually only <clears throat> eight spaces in the game and a town, uh, which everyone has their own like parking spot there. The problem with this game is the marbles all just go to one side, no matter that's how like hard you try. And sometimes they don't even come out of the mountain when you turn it or go into the mountain when you turn it. Um, it was a frustrating game. It could be better. It could be a lot better. And that's the whole thing I was thinking while we were playing it. This game could be a lot better. <laughs> uh, so unfortunately, we were 0 for 2 on board games. That's too bad. That's that's a bummer. It is what it is, right? <laughs> it is what it is. We didn't have a great time, but uh, uh, sometimes that happens with board games. That does sometimes happen with board games. That is true. And mass published ones, too. Yeah. So. Maybe that's the problem that I did here. I should have just got Drop It instead of Tetris. Uh, a game I have heard is good. Yeah. Uh, I did bring my Switch. We played some Jackbox. Uh, and we played some TMNT Shredder's Revenge. I did pull the trigger and get it on the Switch as well, thinking we'd put more time into it. We didn't. So it really wasn't worth the investment. We only played it one day for like two hours. But it was still fun. Uh, so I'm going to try to play it more on my Switch to make that value uh, there since I got it on Game Pass for Xbox. Uh, speaking of Game Pass, uh, you can play part of this game with Game Pass, but I bought it early so I could play it at Extra Life. So I had this expansion ready for me when I came home, and that is Forza Horizon 5 Hot Wheels expansion. So I played that for a little bit yesterday. Um, it's really cool. Uh, way better than the first Hot Wheels. Um, and that's saying something, I think, because the first Hot Wheels expansion was better. very good. So uh, it just, it's very, just watching you approach the Hot Wheels like mission and then it drops you into this sky area above Mexico where you can just see tracks from miles. Mm-hmm. And it's so impressive and it's so very cool and it has like the mag tracks. It has ice tracks, you go through volcanoes It introduces snowy peaks. Uh, it's just a whole ton of fun. And my son loved watching me play that. So I can't wait to play more of that. Uh, and the game that my wife was very thrilled to see you purchased um, was well, Stray. And it wasn't even purchased because you just have it through PlayStation, the fancy PlayStation, whatever, whatever. That's yeah. right. So, uh, yeah, she wanted to play Stray. So I let her play Saturday. She doesn't play video games a lot. So like I said before, like I love to encourage her to play more. Yeah. And she started, she played Stray for, I think she has about three hours in. 
I played today myself because I didn't want to just talk about watching her play. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I played today for about an hour, um, and I'm really enjoying it. It's just like a really cool adventure game. Yeah. Um, and I guess it's technically a platformer. I guess I like some platformers. <laughs> it's kind of a platformer ish. Uh, I, I only have my only real complaint is it's a little claustrophobic, uh, for me at times, especially with the camera. Um, but that's literally my only complaint. The, the worlds look stunning Yeah, and also cyberpunky and also, beautiful with foliage and also downtrodden like alleyways and flats that are just abandoned with interesting things. I don't want to spoil any part of the game. I'll say this is what I will say. We did start it Saturday night, right before my son's bedtime and he was watching and then he started crying and he cried for an hour straight. He was so sick. He had to go to bed. He was so s- sad. Because of what happened at the beginning. Yeah. And yeah. he was just crying and crying. Um, to the point where when we were trying to get him, my wife had to lay in bed with him for half an hour to get him to settle. Uh-huh. And I, this is like three second spoiler. I'm not going to spoil anything, but it's like he said to her, um, they're all dead anyways. I don't even know why I'm so sad. <laughs> How does he know they're all dead? He doesn't. He just, that's the jump to conclusion he made. I was like, I, they, I mean, I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> How sad I mean, for you. And it's really not, but I mean, that's the first five minutes of the game. I mean, yeah, but, but it's still pretty, I, yeah. We're not saying who's dead or what happened. I don't want well, to spoil it. Because, yeah. Because, no, well, nobody's dead, but I'm not, I don't want to spoil what happened. Uh, yeah. So he woke up this morning and he said, Daddy, I feel, I feel better. I think I can watch you guys play it again. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. It's like the first thing he said to me this morning. <laughs> so it was on his mind all night. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, that's, I probably missed a few things. Here and there and whatever I said I was going to talk about two weeks ago. Well, um, the one game that you said you were going to talk about that you didn't, that I feel like people are going to be most interested in, potentially, is Marvel Dice Throne. Oh, yes, I did play Marvel Dice Throne. <laughs> <laughs> that is the other game. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I played Marvel Dice Throne. It uh, was a lot of fun. If you played Dice Throne, it really just, you know picks up where that left off. Obviously that's more thematic with the Marvel uh, universe. Um, I don't, we did it random. So uh, one of my friends has Loki. I was Captain Marvel and my, and Thor was on the other, on the other side. Um, It's for people who don't know, it's kind of like battle Yahtzee ish. Uh, it, it you have a player board in front of you. You have uh, abilities that your character already has. There's attack and there's defense, and then there's um, innate or instant. There's another like a red one in there or green. 
there's another, there's a third one in there. Uh, and yeah, we play with 1v1v1, but you can do teams, you can do all like battle royale style, and um, you cheat, you roll, you have cards you can play. There's instant cards that you can play right away. Um, there's cards that you can play that will upgrade your your base abilities. And essentially what you have to do is roll your six dice and try to get the symbols on your dice to match with the ability that you want to use uh, to attack uh, a competitor. And then, of course, there's the Yahtzee power, which is the ultimate power that you get as well. But you also have the ability to re-roll two times after your first roll. And once you pick who you're attacking, each person has a specific amount of dice that they can defend with. And then whatever they defend with, um, the symbols will match up on their board with whatever they can do with the results of their die roll. And yeah, it goes back and forth from there. I really like the art. Um, I still love like the setup how easy it is to just grab a character's tray, open it up, play it, put it back. Uh, I think the first time you play it, for someone who hasn't played before, it definitely can be overwhelming rules-wise. But I think once you get that game in, you're, you, you know how to play with essentially every character. They are rated difficulty-wise, so you can mm-hmm. always pick um, where you're feeling comfortable. But uh, it also came with cards that you can just kind of shuffle and use as a randomizer as well so you could do either way you've played it right what did you think of it yeah i have played i i've not played as much as i would like to have usually before i talk about a game but uh it, it's really good it, it is one of those games that um in some ways similar to uh, villainous i think would be a, a way to kind of describe it is that the general concepts of like what you do is the same with each character but maybe more so than villainous, they, they like they fall a little more in line with each other. But there are some characters who are still drastically different. Yeah, um, like Thor, who he has to throw Mjolnir and like call it back to him, and like there's an actual little Mjolnir that like you can move around to different people, whoever you've thrown it at. Like it, it is a really cool game. And if you're someone who has ever been interested in maybe getting into like a CCG, like you're like, oh, I want to play Pokemon or I want to play Magic, if you want to do that with a way less barrier to entry um and i i think a little bit of chance a little bit of chance on a couple levels because you have the yahtzee mechanic of rolling the dice to decide what you can do but you're also drawing cards like there's just a lot of different interactions that are constantly happening and you really even when it's not your turn you have to be very engaged in what's going on because you have like responses that you can do so this is not a game where uh you just do your turn and then you can like pick up your phone and like look like that that can't happen in this game um so it's really engaging the games are very quick with the fact that there are six characters that come in the box, that means it's really easy to like get a really different experience and kind of find a character that you really jive with um, because they all play differently enough that they feel unique, but similar enough that you can pick it up and, like you said, like unpack that nice little tray that they all come in and be able to sit down and start playing as long as you have a general idea of how to play the game. Like Once you have that general idea, you can start going and just kind of read as you go and figure out exactly how things work. So, yeah, if you are interested in Marvel or interested in getting into um, any type of, like, you know, 1v1 or 1v1v1 or 2v2 type of, you know, battle or game, uh, I think it's a really easy recommendation. I think it's a pretty solid game overall. I'm, yeah, I really enjoyed sure. it. So. Nice. Cool. 
any other games or anything else you want to talk about related to Dice Throne or anything else you've been playing? Still playing Marvel Snap. It's they keep making it better. I mean, that's part of a beta. They keep. I was gonna say, is it better because I have seen a lot of people really upset by the la- by the last update. People forget they're in a beta. I think that's what the problem is. And there, all these people okay. are trying to build these decks. I get it. I get why they're upset, right? Because like they're nerfing cards, they're changing the cost of cards. Um, right. Uh, and, and it makes sense because if you're playing as much as I'm playing, when you read like we changed Devil Dinosaur to cost four now instead of three because everyone was getting it out on the board too early. Like I get it. That makes yeah. total sense. Like make it a four. And in my decks, right. my, my deck I try to play because you have 18 cards in your deck. Right. So I try to do two ones, two twos, two threes, two fours, two fives, two sixes, just mm-hmm. for me to be balanced. Um, because six is the, usually the maximum amount of power you have in the last turn. Right. So the, you, the what's the point of having turn, right. four sixes? Right. Like you can only play one, two, usually the most, unless it, right. like you have a cards that support that. So, um, so yeah, a lot of people like I haven't even gone back through my pre-made decks. Like I used one today that was like my twos deck, and there was a four in there, and I was like, oh, they really changed this one a lot. <laughs> so I gotta I gotta fix my deck. So um, yeah, I get the people are complaining, and I'm sure there's gonna be an update that I don't like. I don't like that they definitely they added way more um, reasons to spend money. Yeah, because and I I don't mean. like that. Yeah, I would say that seemed to be the biggest uh, complaints I saw was the uh, the modeling of how the because you know, they added loot boxes. Basically, is that what happened? They added, yeah they they added packs that you can get um, mm-hmm. variants okay. and credits to upgrade your cards, but uh, you're not getting new. Oh, there is one new card, uh, uh, the the Mighty Thor, which is Jane foster right. um, maybe they'll make that available afterwards um but i did i did buy it uh, one like the big pack the 10 cards because yep. i saw someone post like i bought this so you didn't have to and i got all the guardians variants and i got this and then i got no variants i got nice just credits and uh, nice. i got i got the shaft um yeah and they also added a way for you to use gold to buy more daily missions, mm-hmm. which will help you uh, rank up faster. So some people will do that to rank up faster than other people. Right. So I get it. Um, I'm not trying to win league championships with this game. I'm just having fun. Yeah. Um, but sure, sure uh, I can see some people with some reasons to complain. Do you think that uh, once it fully releases, do you think there will be a vibrant like tournament? Yeah, I think Environment so. for Marvel Snap? Yeah, I would like to see them add the ability to play people, you know, and that's not an right. option. And I think that it won't be because people would just be using it to create fake accounts and level yeah. one account up. So unless they do it where it's strictly not reward based. Right. It's it could still be fun. Yeah. Just do private matches with no. Right. Just like, like, like online no, multiplayer yeah. games. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Where you can't go up or down rank or. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, one of the, <clears throat> excuse me, one of the streamers I watch reasonably regularly, um, 
is playing Marvel Snap now. That's what he is playing in his streams. And um, it's kind of funny because, you know, as someone who obviously played a ton of Magic back in the day, uh, I, I forgot how I really don't tend to like, and I'm not saying this about you, Josh, I, I don't tend <laughs> to like people who take CCGs or games like that super seriously. Right. Because like he like when he was playing like other games on stream, he's like fine. But when he plays this game, he's a total jerk. I'm like, you're so mean to the other person. Like you're just talking crap about him. And like there's not even like they're there to hear you, right? You're just like right. I'm like, he's being a total jerk. I'm like, part of the reason that like magic got old is that people would be like saying crap to you like <laughs> to your face from across the table. I'm like, well, at least you have the decency to say it to my face and not just anonymously right. to me right. Online, right? You know, like but I was just <laughs> like, Man, he is just being a jerk um yeah but yeah i i i do still really want to play it um i like i said I, I do have blue stacks so i've thought about uh signing up for the beta and just playing it via blue stacks but we'll see i, I have plenty of other things to play right now but yeah uh, people seem to yeah overall like people seem to really enjoy it but like i said the latest updates seem to make people a little bit upset but like you said it is a beta so uh, and building off that the funny thing too of like the card changes yeah like what what would you rather have right like would you rather have them change the card to balance the game or just ban it because like in paper magic if a card doesn't work or if it's too powerful they just ban it and you can't use it so right. if you spent hundreds of dollars to get four copies of that card to put in your deck they might yeah. just say you can't use it anymore so right. like what would you rather have you know like yeah yeah i agree that and yeah i'm sure people aren't thinking about that they're just complaining yeah just off the cuff um yeah well like i said i'll play it eventually once that game yeah you'll get there someday (laughs) um so for me playing uh not too much to add um from what kind of was last week i'm still playing a lot of things i mentioned last week uh but the new things that i've been playing uh stray as was mentioned i I did boot up and and started playing stray since it was offered uh, as part of playstation plus extra um so i went ahead downloaded that started playing the cat simulator and it's good. Like I'm enjoying it. I'm having fun with it. It is not uh, at least so far something that is like racking my brain or, or super challenging to me in any way so yeah. far at least. Uh, but I'm still enjoying my time with it. The world is beautiful. I think just the atmosphere of what's created there is really cool. And just kind of how being a cat makes it. So you play differently, you know, is pretty, is pretty neat. Like solutions or ways to get the things that are like, Things you never even thought of, like it's a cat, so it can walk on a really skinny ledge. Like it just yeah. works because it's a cat, you know. Um, I know there's some people who aren't a fan of how like sticky the platforming is, but I go back sure. to also it is a cat. So right. realistically, the cat is almost always going to make it onto what it's jumping onto, or it's yeah. not going to jump onto there. You know, so from that perspective, I think it makes sense within the context of the game of how all that's working. So yeah, I'm really enjoying it. I plan to finish it. It doesn't seem like it's going to be a super, super long game. Um, so I'm going to kind of keep plugging away with that. Uh, the next thing I played then was uh, a game that was recently added to the um, PlayStation, uh, PlayStation, the Nintendo Switch <laughs> Online Expansion Pass yeah. of the N64 game of Pokemon Puzzle League. Uh, you may know that I'm not a huge Pokemon person, uh, but I do like puzzle games. So I was like, well, hey, let's try this Pokemon <laughs> Puzzle League game that people seem to really like and josh have you played pokemon puzzle league before no and i was tempted to play it over the week and i i didn't jump into it uh it's really fun it's a really fun little puzzle game i i really enjoy it so 
I think one thing that's disappointing about it, but then I also have to keep in mind that, you know, this was an N64 game, uh, that, you know, you pick your trainer and you pick your Pokemon, but none of that matters. Like, it's completely just like, hey, here's the character that you want to rep and here's the the Pokemon you want to have. It has no impact on gameplay. It's not like suddenly you have, like, some special ability that you can use as part of, like, the puzzle game you're trying to figure out. And I think it would be cool if they had you know, done something like that where depending on what Pokemon you have, like maybe you have a little po- special power that you can use during the game. But again, this is an N64 game, so I probably should not expect that to happen. But if they were ever to make a new version of this, that's what I would want. Uh, but if you're looking for a neat little puzzle game, uh, it's pretty fun. Like I said, if you have the N64 expansion pass, I think it's definitely worth playing if you haven't. Um, there is a single player. There's a lot of different game modes. There's a single player campaign. There's like a versus mode. There's a marathon mode. I mean, there's a ton of different things. Um, and for the single player campaign, there's like three different difficulty levels you can play through on it. On um, once you get to the hardest difficulty, it's pretty hard. <laughs> like, um, and it is a little bit weird of a system because it's basically a match three. Um, but you, when you match bigger groups, obviously, like you get more points and all that good stuff. But all you're doing is you have two boxes that are like shadowed, and then you have different colored little like Pokemon things. Um, and when you hit the button, it just flips their locate. It just flips them. Hmm. So when you think about it, though, that it, you can never change like the two boxes are just side by side. They're never up and down. So when you're trying to like get things that are to line up either three up and down or three straight or more than that, and the, all you can do is turn things like left and right. It's like, okay, well, if I have a gap over here and I switch this over, it's going to be over nothing, so it'll drop. You know, right. so like you're trying to start then thinking about like how you're going to be able to do all of those things. So it's a pretty little, it's a very simple concept that gets pretty complicated pretty quickly to be really proficient at it. Um, but it's really fun. So like I've said, if you have the N64 expansion pass for uh, Switch Online, uh, give Pokemon Puzzle League a shot. It's pretty good. Nice. Uh, and then the last game that I have been playing is a game I decided to pick up kind of on a whim. I'd been looking at it and thinking about it and him and Han about it. But then I finally decided to get it because the reviews were really good for it. And that's uh, Live Alive, the new game or not new, the new old game from Square Enix, which is a remake of a old JRPG that never came out in the United States. Uh, and they gave it that whole, you know, 2D HD look that they're doing with many of their games now and basically live alive is like i said it's kind of like the precursor to chrono trigger uh it has seven varying stories where when the game starts literally the game starts and it just gives you seven characters to pick from and it's like where do you want to start gives you no direction gives you no anything about like what picking this character is going to mean for you Uh, but basically it's seven separate stories that you're playing out and they go basically from prehistory or prehistoric times up to like the distant future of being a robot um, like the prehistory stuff, like there's not even language. Like they just like, <laughs> <laughs> like literally your ability is you can smell really well. Um, and yeah, it, it's, it's a really interesting game. It's really, I'm enjoying it so far. The, the different chapters are pretty short. They're each probably a couple hours ish long. I think maybe some might be a little bit shorter than that. Some a little bit longer. Um, but overall, I think most of them can be done in two to three hours. At least that's, I haven't done all of them yet, but that's kind of what it feels like. I decided to play them roughly in time order because I didn't know what else to pick because the game gives you no direction in, in how that's going to matter. Uh, you know, I, I can't decide if I'm happy or sad, but I'm guessing that Square did very, very little to update this game in the sense of like <laughs> story and just like trends with where we are in video gaming today. Yeah. Uh, because there is some stuff that you're like, okay, that's what we're doing. Like, I guess that's what we did in the early 90s. So yeah, that's still what we're doing today. But uh, you know, there's some things that are a little 
I don't want to say sexist, but kind of sexist. And um, like, there's one character who like your your ability is like you can fart. Um, <laughs> and there's one who throws poop. I mean, like, nice. there's like some yeah, like there's some like highbrow humor going on mm. here for some of the things. And uh, <laughs> when you play at least the prehistory one or the prehistoric one, uh, the character you play as is a big jerk to his ape friend. He's like got like an ape who's like his colleague, a companion. Um, that like goes into battles with you and he's a big jerk to him um, beats him up all the time and <laughs> it's just really like yeah it's just and there's no like because they don't talk at that time so like all of the interactions are like like grunts and groans and then like little text bubbles that get like an explanation point or like a question mark or like a picture of another character that you're supposed to go find and stuff it, it i applaud the efforts of like everything has felt very different and unique um and honestly, overall, I'm really enjoying my time with it. Like there are, like I said, there are some things that show you how far games have come, but there also are some things then that you know you realize that I, I made the comment the other day um, when I was with uh, doing the show with Donnie that like I think a lot of times when people play old games or go back to old games, you know that nostalgia is what's telling them that they're still good because if you just go into an old game today and play it for the first time and it's that old version, a lot of things don't hold up. The cool thing about remasters is that you can get rid of some of those things that maybe don't hold up as well. Like you can improve the controls some. You can like, and not that they change the control scheme necessarily, but they just you know you kind of will take off like those rough edges, make things look a little bit nicer, and you can see that yeah, there are some things that don't hold up, but the overall good game design still does, and you can really see it in this game. And I think that's what the nice thing about like why remasters sometimes matter so much more than remakes or than playing the original version of a game. If of all of the things that we've gotten used to and all of the things that like sometimes turn us off immediately, we can kind of like clean those things up a little bit and you can still see how a good game designed in the late eighties, early nineties can still be a good game today. It's just that sometimes we have a few um, barriers that we've put up because we're so used to certain things today. With that being said, there are still some modern sensibilities I wish were there, but overall, like just, the concept of what the game is doing, how the game was designed and created overall pretty darn good still. So I'm really enjoying it. Um, plan to continue and, and finish it all the way through. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I just, I've been playing on my switch a lot this week compared to uh, typical with some, you know, Pokemon puzzle league and live alive. It's been a pretty <laughs> good week. It's been pretty fun. So that's what I have been playing. So with that, we'll move on to our topics of the show. Uh, Josh, what is your first topic this week? <sighs> Well, well, here's our first topic. Uh, did you watch the Dice Tower Summer Spectacular? I watched bits and pieces of it because we're going to talk okay. about it a little bit more later, too. Okay, so this was part of it. Uh, basically, they just kind of sat around and played video, intro videos to every publisher that submitted to them. <sighs> oh, boy. Pardon me. Uh, so... We were treated to an interview with C. Well, actually, not interview. They announced Simon, and I was very surprised to hear Rob Davies' name in yeah, like conjunction with Simon. So I was like, "Oh no, what are they going to do? <laughs> what are they going to do to Rob's work? All like games of his that I pretty much like everything he's done. <laughs> uh, what's going to get mini miniaturized and?" We got the announcement that Rob Davio's Davio 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 uh, is working with Simon to make Stranger Things upside down. 
Uh, it's going to be a co-op game uh, for people who don't know Rob did Pandemic Legacy and, and a bunch of other games, uh, notably Unmatched and a lot of restoration games games as well, Return to Dark Tower. Uh, but they're also, he's also partnering with Simon, who is known for every miniature under the sun in every box ever made. So when I get a little nervous, but then at the end, they did say it was a retail release. Yep. Which makes me feel a little bit better about that. He couldn't really talk about the game in general. They're not doing Kickstarter, which is interesting. Um, and Rob basically said it's 99% done. Yep. Like they just adjusting some things. He said he even showed it to the Duffer brothers uh, and played it with them as well. So that seems uh, pretty cool. So I guess my question to you is, uh, can this possibly be good? And what is your interest level in it? Can it possibly be good? Of course it can be. Yeah. <laughs> Will it be good? That's a different story. Now, I'll be honest. When they first, when I first saw this story, for whatever reason, I myself inserted the fact that this was going to be a legacy game. I said it was going to be a co-op legacy game, right. and it's not. It's just a co-op board game. So that immediately makes me slightly less excited for it. Uh, I also have not finished Stranger Things yet. And the one thing that's kind of odd about me, maybe it's not odd, uh, I will not play this game until I have watched Stranger Things. Sure. That makes sense. So, um, 2023 gives me plenty of time uh, to get there. Uh, Rob Davio, obviously very competent designer, um, you know, has three games in the top board game geek top 100 now all three of those games are pandemic legacy season yeah. zero one and two uh, but he also you know did cthulhu death may die obviously unmatched is very very highly ranked um you know is the kind of the creator of the legacy format with risk legacy and all that good stuff so he's done good work so there is a chance that this game could be good in fact there is more of a chance i think that this game could be good because of the fact that rob davio is helping to design it right so i i think there is a better than good chance that this will be a good game now with that being said um when you tell me that come on is involved i'm immediately going to be skeptical again until another switcheroo it's going straight to retail like you said so suddenly i'm like yeah. more invested again right like this is not going to be a kickstarter that is going to be like hey here's the game now here's 17 add-ons for the game um, that's going to, you know, effectively triple the price and double your shipping, you know, price. Like, yeah, it is a game. You're going to probably be able to walk into a target would be my guess. And it's going to be there on the shelf and you can take it home with you. Um, and we have seen more and more games that are licensed or licensed ish, um, that are, have been available in target and been very good, right? Horrified yeah. jaws. Like there are good games out there that are kind of fitting within this mold. Granted, those games are from other designers and publishers, but uh, we have seen successful board games uh, or successful entertainment properties become board games that have been very good. So I am cautiously optimistic that Stranger Things is going to be a good game. Uh, I'm going to keep my eye on it. I'll be very interested to see what the gameplay looks like when it is released. Um, so it's not an immediate purchase, but it's definitely a keep an eye on for me. Uh, what about you, Josh? What are the chances that you're purchasing this game? I'm guessing 100%. I want to. Uh, I think I'm getting a little bit more, uh, fussy is not the right word, but like selective. Yeah. I, I just, I can't just keep buying prop 
property games because I like the property, the IP. Yeah. Uh, because I just end up with, well, I mean, shelves of games that I want to play <laughs> that I don't play. So um, I think I need to be a little bit more responsible with that. That's why I didn't buy the Spectre board game. I was like, ooh, I should buy Spectre. That looks like it could be cool. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see what it looks like. I'm interested to see how it functions. Cooperative is definitely uh, something that's more likely to be played in this house. Right. So that's a bonus. So that could be good. I like Stranger Things. I also haven't finished season four as well. So I'm interested mm. to to finish watching. And yeah, I'm interested interested to see what Rob does with. Come on or Simon. I guess I'm going to keep calling him Simon, but I know That's it's come on. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I think the biggest surprise is that it was announced that it was a Stranger Things game. Yeah. Uh, more than my, like, that's the bigger thing than my excitement. My excitement's like mid level. <laughs> Excuse me. I am kind of surprised that. So, you know, listeners, if you didn't know, there's basically an hour and a half video on the Dice Tower YouTube page. That is all like board game announcements, a la E3, right? It's like an E3 presentation, but it's just board game publisher after board game publisher. I'm kind of surprised that the Dice Tower has the pull to make this happen with them versus happening at Gen Con, which is in just a few weeks. Right, right. So I was kind of surprised by that. That Well, that'll probably be the reveal of the game instead of the announcement. Yeah, that could be. That's very possible. But just for all, a whole bunch of these announcements, I was really surprised that, uh, yeah, they were just done on a Dice Tower live yeah. stream rather than, you know, at the upcoming biggest board game convention in North America. So mm. pro- props to them, though. Anything else then, Josh, about uh, Stranger Things Upside Down that you want to talk about? That's it. Okay. Well, hey, speaking of the Dice Tower. Uh, the Dice Tower have announced their award winners for their 2021 awards. Um, you may have remember a few months ago, we talked about the nominees for the Dice Tower Awards. Uh, this is always a little confusing because obviously it's July and they're giving out awards now, but these awards are for 2021 for the best games uh, that came out that year. And that's just to make sure people have time to play them all. Um, so we're going to go through, they do have quite a few categories. So we're going to go through very briefly talk about the categories what the winners were um whether or not we were surprised by it all that good stuff um and then we will uh yeah we'll just go from there so the one other thing that's really really i don't know perturbing i guess for lack of a better term about the board game industry is maybe the dice tower website is updated now i don't know i didn't go look but when I created yeah. the show notes, the Dice Tower website still did not have the winners listed, so I had to take it from a Reddit post. Like, that's where the board game world is and how they get news out. It's a Reddit yeah. post by a Reddit user. So big thanks to Tiger Temper um, for, for this for this post. All right, so best party game. Uh, the nominees were Doodle Dash, Mystic Path, Snakes, So mm. Clover, and Super Mega Lucky Box with So Clover winning. Josh, thoughts on So Clover being best party game? I've only heard good things about it. I almost bought Snakes because it's on clearance at Target, like apparently everything in the Target store. Uh, but I didn't pull the trigger. Well, that's too bad because you almost you could have bought the game that didn't win the best party game. I could have been playing a nominee for an award. <laughs> <laughs> I prefer to look at it as a game that didn't win. But yes, a nominee. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, so Silk Clover is a game that has received rave reviews. People seem to love it. So I I think that if I recall correctly, one day I'll actually write down like our predictions for these things. I'm pretty positive or pretty confident though that we picked Silk Clover for this. So probably. Um, okay, best small publisher. Uh, the nominated games were Canvas, Mind Management, Oath, Stardew Value, Stardew Valley, and The Initiative. With the winner being Canvas. Mm. Uh, Josh, any surprises there other than me kicking myself every day that I did not back this Kickstarter? Uh, same. I keep thinking, <laughs> why didn't I back this? Yeah. Yes. I think slightly surprising that Oath didn't win. Um, sure. Only like, I should say that. I, I'm guessing if I recall our conversation, I said I thought Oath had a chance, but that Oath was divisive, that some people love that game and some people absolutely hate it um so canvas winning i don't think that's necessarily a huge uh, surprise i think i probably would have guessed mind management just because everyone i know who's played mind management loves mind management yeah um, but canvas oh really happy that they won beautiful game people really seem to like it um so big congrats there uh best new designer the nominees were arc nova meadow paleo so clover and unsettled with the winner being arc nova I mean, no surprise to me. Josh, thoughts on Arc Nova winning Best New Designer? Yeah, I mean, it seems to make sense. I got to play this game. And you have it even. I have it even. So, but yeah, <laughs> Matthias Wiege, I believe, is the designer. Wiege. Um, really, so I, I always surprises me. Maybe it shouldn't, but it always surprises me when a designer's first game, because this is his first game, hmm. um, is both very well done, but also very heavy. Like that always just seems like a really hard thing to get right on your first time. Maybe uh, Matthias is just a really good designer. Maybe he's very gifted. Maybe there was a lot of development ha- that happened to get him there. But either way, doesn't matter. Best new designer, Arc Nova. Um, so congrats there. Best co-op game. Uh, the nominees were Unfathomable, The Adventures of Robin Hood, So Clover, Sleeping Gods, Paleo. All games with big hype behind them. But the winner was Sleeping Gods, which I am thrilled by because I think is definitely an amazing co-op game. Uh, Josh, your thoughts on the winner of Best Co-op? I mean, yeah, it makes sense from everything that you've said about it and what others have said. So I think we both we probably both picked this when we were guessing. I believe so. Uh, best Game Reprint. Uh, the nominees were Galaxy Trucker, Great Western Trail, Kemet, Blood and Sand, Summoner Wars 2nd Edition, and Ticket to Ride Europe, the 15th Anniversary Edition. Obviously, when games are getting printed, that usually means that people probably like the first edition of them, um, and that, I think, is very true with all of these. But the winner was Great Western Trail 2nd Edition. Uh, I I feel like I would have guessed Kemet, I feel like, is what I picked. Sure. Um, but, Josh, thoughts on Great Western Trail? I've only heard good things. I know that you like it, but I've never I do like it. it. I love it. What's, what's not to love about a game moving some cattle? Come on. Best theming ever best solo game uh the nominees were arc nova cascadia final girl hadrian's wall and sleeping gods important thing to know uh is that best solo game does not mean the game can only be played solo it might only be able to be played solo but it just means that it also plays very well at one if it can play with multiple people uh and the winner though happens to be a game that can only be played with one person um and that is final girl Uh, i know this is what i picked because i really wanted it to win because i think all these other games are multiplayer games that are played that play well with one uh josh thoughts on final girl i got to imagine this is a game even though you're not a huge solo gamer that you want to get your hands on right yeah like when it was on kickstarter i was talking with donnie about it going back and forth on if i was going to get it or not the only reason why i didn't get it was that solo thing um i really wish i got it i'm just honestly i'm happy that horror is getting a little bit 
more credit in, yeah. even in board games. So it's nice to see them win. Absolutely. Uh, best two-player game. Again, same caveat. Doesn't mean it's a two-player only game. Just means that it plays well at two players. Uh, the nominees were Ankh, Gods of Egypt, Caper, Europe, Land versus Sea, Radlands, and The Time You Killed Me, with the winner being Radlands. Josh, any thoughts on that? Another game I almost kickstarted, and I didn't. <laughs> I know, right? Though I will say this does make it jump up my to-buy list, because anytime I can get a really good two-player game, yeah. uh, I'm definitely in on that. Best game expansion. The nominees were Endangered New Species, Lost Ruins of Arnak Expedition Leaders, Parks Nightfall, Sleeping Gods Tides of Ruin, and Unmatched Battle of Legends Volume 2, with the winner being Lost Ruins of Arnak Expedition Leaders. People seem to love that game, uh, so mm. I'm not totally surprised there. Josh, any thoughts on the best game expansion? Uh, no. Good for them. I, I, gotta, I own the first game. I have to play it. <laughs> yeah, I, I really wish Parks Nightfall would have won, um, but you know, like I said, people love that Lost Ruins of Arnak. I just don't have that expansion for it. So, all right, best game artwork. Uh, the nominees were Ankh, Gods of Egypt, Bitoku, Canvas, Meadow, and Sleeping Gods, with the winner being that game Josh and I both wish we had kickstarted mm. Canvas. Uh, really, overall, Josh, some pretty beautiful looking games here. Uh, you feel like Canvas was the right pick? Yeah, I think. It makes sense. Uh, yeah, I could see Meadow being a close second as far as like unique artwork. Um, like Sleeping Gods, you know, it has the locket look. So yep. I get why it can maybe get overlooked sometimes. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. I mean, Ryan Lockett's games do all look very, have a very similar vibe to them. Yeah. Uh, which they're, they're beautiful. Uh, but they they definitely do all. You can tell that they come from the same person. Yeah, that's a negative thing. Yeah, uh, I am not totally surprised. Canvas one. I thought Meadow might squeak it out just because of how popular Meadow is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I am really happy that Canvas one because it is an absolutely gorgeous game, and you know, won multiple awards, which is awesome to see. Yeah. Uh, best production values. The nominees were Seven Wonders Architects, Ankh, Gods of Egypt, Canvas, Meglev Metro, Sleeping Gods, uh, and the winner, Ankh, Gods of Egypt, uh, for. How much we might talk kind of poo about come on on this podcast, which we probably should be better about that, but uh, we should tend to talk down about them quite a bit. Uh, their production values are typically extremely high, um, sure. so not totally surprised that a come on game one best production values. Uh, Josh, what's your thought on Ankh, Gods of Egypt? Well, I hate to say what I'm going to say after what you just said, but really it, all of the come on stuff is this same production value. It is. <clears throat> I really think Maglev Metro is way more unique and interesting um so i don't know if that's just like a generic we give it to come on in this thing like maybe i'm just over it i really love the theme like Mm -hmm. i love egyptian theme stuff but when i look at this board sorry i mean (laughs) it's dull and the thing that makes it look good is the it's not the the plain, uh, like Manila towers. It's the it's the miniatures, but they're still not painted. Yeah, like you're not getting like this full experience. So I don't know. Maybe I'm just down on Kaman in general, but I feel like maybe with the exception of Seven Wonders Architects, I think every other game in this category had a better production value. Well, I, I think what is happening to Kaman is the same thing that happened to Days of Wonder in that Days of Wonder 
when they first started putting out games, all of their games looked incredible because they looked so much better than like every other game on the market. Yeah. Yeah. Well, eventually, most everyone else caught up. So now the of Wonder Games look like they always have, but they just look fine now. Like because everything yes. else is kind of caught up to them. Yeah. Yeah. And I think kind of the same thing has happened with Come On is that like they've always had really good production values. But now so many other games have great production values, too, that even though they're the ones who set the curve, uh, they have not, you know, innovated above that. And everyone else has caught up to them or started to exceed them in some ways. Um, so I think that it, it kind of makes us not look at their their stuff. Um, at least to me, I don't look at it like I used to with, right. oh, wow, look at look at that, you know, other than when they made the huge Modoc and things like that. You know, yeah, that got- if the award was most production value, I would give it to them. <laughs> That's good. That's good. That's best. Okay. All right. So most innovative game then. Uh, the nominees are Merchant's Cove, Mind Management, Picture Perfect, Sleeping Gods, and So Clover. Um, and this was a game I think that we both picked this. Uh, the yeah. winner was Picture Perfect, which I, I truly do believe is an extremely innovative game. And I'm really happy uh, that it was recognized and won. What about you, Josh? Yeah, same. I, I almost picked this up to bring on vacation because uh, I just want to play it with a larger amount of people, but looks like I'm going, I'll be participating in Christmas in July, Friendsgiving kind of thing this Saturday. So maybe I'll be able to snag a copy and bring it. That would be That's fun. A, that sounds fun. All right. So just a few categories left. Best strategy game. Uh, the nominees were Anno 1800. Uh, not the video game, but the board game version. Hmm. Uh, Ark Nova, Furnace, Maglev Metro, and Terraforming Mars, Ares Expedition. Uh, and the winner being, uh, probably no surprise, Ark Nova. Yeah. Uh, kind of seems to be the game that's set the world on fire recently. Though I will say, uh, Furnace and Maglev Metro are two games that are very high on my acquire list. I, I really want to play both. Same. So, anything to say? Anything more to say about Ark Nova? No, but I did just get Terraforming Mars Aries Expedition for 12 bucks. So I have deal. one was of the nominees. On, <laughs> was it on clearance at, uh, at Target? Target? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Best game theming uh, the nominees Ark Nova, Final Girl, Horrified American Monsters, Roll Camera, and Sleeping Gods. Uh, and the winner go to, surprisingly, and I'm actually fully supportive of this, Final Girl, <laughs> getting the, the yeah. win for best game theming. What are your thoughts, Josh? Great. I'm happy. Like I said, I'm happy to see something like this getting recognized. Two horror games in this category as well. Yeah. So very cool. And it's it's interesting to see a single player game win on best game theming, which yeah. is like like you said, that, that's a good thing, but I don't think that's common. Yeah. I mean, that that is one of those games, though, that when you look at it, like even if you played the game and hated it, I don't know that you could deny that that game fully embraces what it is yeah and the theme and the product like oh they do such a good job over there so all right best welcoming game uh the nominees seven wonders architects canvas cascadia picture perfect super mega lucky box the winner then going to canvas josh this game it's on fire three wins yeah that's great i thought for sure cascadia was gonna win this one or even seven wonders or so canvas must also be pretty easy to teach so the dice tower looking at you know the winner of the spiel des Yaris, cascadia in the face and being like not <laughs> nope. good enough you guys don't know what you're doing <laughs> that's right canvas is your winner and finally best game of the year 
the nominees are going to be a lot of games you've heard of with one like oddly game that's only nominated for one thing uh best game of the year seven wonders architects arc nova cascadia destinies which i don't think was nominated for any other category hadrian's wall maglev metro meadow merchant's cove mind management and sleeping gods potentially not surprising best game of the year goes to arc nova uh josh overall thoughts on the dice tower awards as a whole thoughts on arc nova winning best game of the year what are your thoughts overall i like dice tower i I like the awards in uh, in general i do like that they don't seem to match up with the other industry awards which makes me interested to check them out every year um and i like that it's coming from uh, the Dice Tower, which is something that we are constantly watching and we see the opinions of these people and what they like and don't like. So it's also nice to see them do their own award thing. So yeah. I'm glad I'm glad we have it. And I always look at these award winners and as potential purchases. So uh, it's also a nice, like, uh, helpful game guide for, like, the next year well and i think one of the things that i like so much about this is that the way they do this is that they you know they have a ton of people who participate in this this not just like you know the core people at the dice tower who vote on this it's like 60 contributors who like get to vote on this and i think my favorite thing about this is that even if there are things on here that i wouldn't have picked i can't like i don't fault the pick right like whenever yeah. they pick that one i'm like yeah that makes sense like i get it and yeah. Maybe that's bad because it's just like very like centralized group think to people who are really active in the hobby. But I also think then, but those people who are active in the hobby also kind of know, like, you know, like they're active in it because they care and they're passionate. They have a good idea of like what's good and what's not good and how those things work to a degree. That's not always true. And obviously people will disagree, but like there's no winner on here that I'm like, no, that shouldn't have won like at all. And I think that's one of the best things that you can say it as like with how they have structured this. When you look at the even the nominated games, you're like, yeah, for the most part, those make sense. There might be one or two nits to pick overall, but with the winners, there's none of them that I'm like that should never have won that. Right, right. So, other than you know, on gods of Egypt, well, best production values. <laughs> I didn't want to say anything. <laughs> well, but like I said, I think though, looking at that from a different perspective, I could see how it would win. Sure, I wouldn't have picked it, but I, like I get it. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So, but yeah, so there's the 15th annual Dice Tower Awards. The best games from 2021. So if you're looking to pick up a new game, you know, there's a list of great games that you can check out for that. All right, Josh, what is your next topic, sir? Well, we're sticking with board games. There wasn't a heck of a lot of video game news that really, that was that I wanted remotely to interesting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I thought I would talk about Star Realms, a game that we have talked about in the past, a game that yeah. uh, I really enjoy. Uh, is journeying into legacy gaming. In fact, it is currently in Kickstarter. Kyle, I went into my Kickstarter this morning because apparently last week or the week before I went on a backing frenzy. And I was like, oh, "Oh, no, why am I backing all these things? I need to not be backing all of these things. And this is the one I kept. Uh, I was backing the new Pathfinder board game. Yep. Um. Uh, I wonder if I can look and see what else I had. It might not show me if I canceled it, right? I uh, probably not. No, no that's okay though. I was just curious if you remembered. If you don't, that's fine. 
Uh, yeah, there's a couple others that are, oh, there's a train game that looks really cool. Uh, and I can't think of, but it should be under my like mad, Isle of Trains. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Moonrakers, Titans. Man. Okay. Josh, since you're there, let's pause real briefly. Yeah. Do I back Moonrakers? Because I, I really want to. I haven't yet. It's on my saved list. Yeah, I mean a lot. It's the buzz is nuts. <laughs> I know. Uh, uh, but Josh, I mean, it'd be so, it'd be almost two hundred dollars. That's too much. I don't have money. the base game. <laughs> yeah, can you just do the base game and not the? No, rest? you have to do it with the expansions. Smart of them. Smart of them. Yep, you cannot just do the base game. So you can get, um, you can buy like one expansion. Um, oh no, you can't do just the base game. Never mind. My, I take it back. You can do just the base game. Just the base game is $65. Do the base game. That's what I would say. That's a good idea without the expansions. Maybe I'll do that. Anyway, okay. Sorry. That's not what we were talking about. We were that's not okay, That's okay. Users. Because uh, also, yeah. oh, what's uh, what's the other? Uh, Mosaic is coming back to Kickstarter in like a month. Oh, okay. With its first expansion. But you can get like the premium Kickstarter edition that was on Kickstarter like a year ago. So yeah. that's where I'm like, do I get Moonrakers or do I wait and get Mosaic in like a month? But anyway. Never mind. Well, we can talk gotcha. about Star Realms. <laughs> That's okay. Okay. So, uh, Star Realms Rise of Empire is what it's called. And as it says on their Kickstarter page, a Star Empire versus Trade Federation 13 game legacy campaign. Three new factions, upgrade cards compatible with all Star Realm sets, also, which I think is pretty interesting. Um, so, as they say, it's perfect for new players and experts alike. It's a two to six player game that starts as uh, epic two player, 12 scenario legacy campaign. When the campaign is done, Rise of Empire can be played again and again as a customized two to six player Star Realm set that is fully compatible with all of the other Star Realm set. They also are selling an infinite replay kit, which comes with 180 cards. Uh, for you to reset and replay the campaign again. This Kickstarter exclusive scenario. And of course, there are stretch goals and promo cards. Uh, I am just really excited to... Uh, I know my wife has played Star Realms. I know she likes deck builders. So this seems like... And I don't know how long they're going to be. It probably says below but i know like a star realms game is relatively quick can be can be relatively yeah uh so i also like appreciate knowing that um while it's it's a legacy game so they're gonna want to make them longer i know that we could sit down and bust out regular star realms first play a couple of refresher games and then jump into a campaign that we can play like one night a week or something like that. Uh, and of course, you c- if, when you back the add-ons, you can literally add on every other Star Realms thing that has ever existed. <laughs> the, the Star Realms all-in tier. Yeah, yeah. What is the all-in? It was like... Uh, where is it? $279, which actually Yeah, but when you read bad. about what all you get, there's a crud <laughs> yeah. ton of stuff in this thing. Yeah, it's not that bad for that much. Uh, 
And I was trying to see if I could spy a playtime on here, but I don't see a playtime. Anyways, the game uh, looks, if you know what Star Realms looks like, you know what this game looks like. Uh, I don't need to get into the new factions because it will be only relevant to certain people. But uh, if you want to back it, uh, 60 bucks gets you in for the base pledge. And then he gets you to 80 if you want the infinite replay tier. Uh, but uh, I'm excited to to jump in and play this game uh, once it closes. Uh, it's at 367 thousand dollars off of a goal of twenty thousand dollars. Yeah, and it ends in 18 days from so, local Massachusetts. I could drive there and pick it up. You could. <laughs> so. Josh, let me ask you this question. So you can back it just as a legacy game, or you can back it with the with the reset yeah. kit, right? Why would you just not design the game around the infinite replay one? You know, like why wouldn't that just be like what you do? Oh, well, they want you to pay more money, like the recharge kit for Charterstone. Right, but why not just have one thing that's eighty dollars? <laughs> Why have? Oh, why even have the fifty nine dollars? Yeah, gear? that's a good point. That's a good point. Because to me, like, yeah, like you know, Charterstone has the recharge kit. I think being like, hey, we've created a legacy game that you can play over and over and over and over again, and it's all in this box. Yeah. Like that to me would be like, whoa, let's go. That I like now. I I'm sitting here thinking, well, am I really gonna play it more than one time? Right. You know, like it's giving me the choice of not doing that, which, yeah, more choice is good. I get that. But I really feel like if they had just been like, hey, we have created an infinitely replayable legacy game and that was the marketing. Sweet. Let's go. Well, it's weird. uh, It's weird labeling, too, because it technically is infinite replay because you're playing it. You have a complete game board when you're done that you can play with every other set. You just can't play the same campaign again you can't do yeah uh, uh so currently josh yeah. the legacy tier which is the non-replayable one which the non-replayable legacy version uh has 367 backers the infinite replay tier 3611 those people are gonna get a lot of boxes at their house in july it's just like one extra box it's just the infinite replay kit Oh, I thought you meant the all-in. Sorry, sorry, sorry. No, 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 no. The, yeah, the all-in one only has 81 back. 81. That's still a lot of people. <laughs> that is still a lot of people. So I'll be honest, Josh. I, You know, I am someone who really does enjoy Star Realms that I haven't played in a really long time. Yeah. Uh, I did not even know this Kickstarter was happening. And now there's a, I would say, greater than average chance I'm going to back this. Nice. Well, I'm glad I let you know it was out there. I know. Now the, the problem will be, though, is... What level do I back it at? That'll be the tough thing. So the other one was Pathfinder Revolution. I, uh, it's by Steve Jackson Games. This is like a proper Pathfinder board game. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's 60 bucks, and it's not very big. That's why I decided not to back it. It doesn't seem like it's a... Uh, like, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, it they haven't even good, reached but... their... It's not even funded. Oh, it's not even funded, so maybe I didn't. Yeah, I'm surprised. I would I would have thought this would have fun would have funded. Yeah. So maybe it wouldn't have mattered if I pulled it out or not. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Okay. 
cool well there you go that's a i'm yeah like i said i am very thankful about the uh little heads up there about star realms that's awesome okay well josh my final topic um you may remember the uh internet legend slash gaming legend let me solo her yeah um who you know was famous for going into elden ring and and taking out um uh, well you know let me solo her wants you to be able to solo her too. <laughs> um, so the story coming from over on games radar, uh, after helping over 2000 players, that's to crazy. Be one of the most difficult Elden Ring bosses, local legend, let me solo her is decided it's time for them to kick back and let the community do some of the heavy lifting. The content creator known as clients to online took to Twitter to reveal that they are hosting a viewer run stream on YouTube later today. This is on July 20th. That will see that their summons kill all the bosses for them, starting with Morgoth, the Omen King. The, <laughs> the run is on PC and will kick off at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time. Let me solo her confirms to other players asking that they've made a new account for the run that's currently sitting at level 60 and that the group password for the group is LMSH if you're interested. Um, if you're out of the loop, let me solo her quickly gained community-wide recognition due to their time helping players take out Melenia. Not only have they been on hand to help out, but as the name implies, they even do the fight for you if that's what you want. The deed has certainly proved legendary, though the Elden Ring's player's outfit of nothing more, nothing but a bowl for a helmet uh, adds to the mystique. So, Josh, number one, the fact that Let Me Solo her, did you see that they sent them a sword? Yes, I did see that. <laughs> which is pretty sweet, which is pretty sweet. Um, number one, the fact that I don't necessarily want to talk about like the whole community stuff. I, I number one, I just want to say like big props to let me solo her going out and doing this. Cause I think that's so cool. But my question for you, Josh is like, what would you want to be known for in gaming? Like if you could like do something, whether it be set a speed run record, a high score record, do this thing. Like let me solo her where you're going into games and beating something like, like, is there something that you would want to be known for in the world of gaming? Or if you could become good enough to do something in gaming, like what would be the thing that you'd want to do to become known for? Oh boy. I was trying to think of a funny breath of the wild slam, but I couldn't think of a quick one. I don't, I would just, I would love, I would love, I don't, I wouldn't, I don't care that much. I think it would be cool to be uh, someone to maybe complete a game before anybody else. And like, it was noted, like if they had, I know it would kill people for trophies, but if there was like a trophy for a first person in the world to complete this game, and to be able to get that, I think that would be pretty like a pretty cool uh, thing. Like I, the only thing I have in comparison is what I'll say when Destiny when the first Destiny came out, mm-hmm. and I got an email from Microsoft saying that I was in the top one percent of people in the world for time spent playing Destiny. <laughs> yeah, and it was like over a thousand hours, and I yeah. felt actually bad. No, I don't feel bad. That's good. I didn't feel no. I felt bad about the time I wasted. Hey, uh, time having fun is not time wasted. Right, right. I didn't. I I didn't have a kid. I had less responsibilities, but still, like, 
I was like, wow, I spent how much time in this game. And now that's not a slight on anybody else who's spending that much time. I just, it caught me off guard that it made me feel bad. It shouldn't have. It should have made me feel accomplished, but, uh, which is, I think, how most people would imagine they would feel if they've heard something like that. Yeah. It just didn't hit me the way that I think thought it was going to hit me. I, I, not gonna lie, I thought you would have like picked like you know you signed up for like Evo on a win whim and just like won like the Mortal <laughs> yeah, Kombat competition. Or never sign up for Evo. <laughs> but I'm just saying that you're good enough. You'd be yeah, good yeah. enough to be able to do that. Yeah, uh, man, I would, would love to be really good at fighting games. Uh, someday maybe. What's uh, yours? If I was going to pick anything, the thing I go back to and I think about from time to time still, um, and I actually just watched a video recently that makes me probably never do it. Uh, I really always wanted to be really good at Tetris. Okay. Because I do like puzzle games, and I always wanted to be really, really good at Tetris. And, yeah, in seeing, watching videos of people who are really, really good at Tetris, I just don't think I'm ever going to do it. Like, I just, I, I don't have, I want to play other games and do other things. And I think that's like, what I have discovered is that like for you to become that good at those things, like those, that is the thing that you do and you don't yeah. do other things. Um, and maybe that's not fully true, but like um, I watched, I don't know. There was this video uh, that was released a few months ago. I don't know. I'm guessing you probably haven't kept up with like the rock band guitar hero community yeah. at all. <laughs> so there was a guy, there was a guy who in um, competitive, as best you want to look at it, uh, rock band slash guitar hero, they use, um, clone hero now is kind of like the software that they tend to use um he was like considered like one of the best players like in the world and uh he had all these like world firsts he had all these records uh and you know he would go to meetups and play and like all that stuff so like everyone thought he was legit well they found out that like almost every video he ever uploaded was faked (laughs) um because what he would do is he was very very good that's yeah. the problem is he was very, very good, but he wasn't great. So what he would do is he would play all the songs at 75% speed and then use software to speed them up when he uploaded them. So it would look like he would do these full combos at 100 oh or 120 or 125%, but he'd actually play them slower and sped them up. Yeah. Um, But in watching this little document, this mini documentary about the situation that happened and this person like his, they actually, I will say the one thing that I, I appreciate quote unquote about this person um, is that once they were caught, eh, not immediately, but very soon after, they fessed up to everything they did. They said how they did it. They even showed how they did it to help prevent other people from being able to do it in the future. And any money they earned as a result, they paid back. Wow. And then they just got, they del- they like deleted all their social media and they just like noped out. <laughs> so like, I am not saying that I condone what they did. Yeah. But when the caught, they actually did like everything and they They did the right thing. Right. Yeah. They did as right thing they could have considering the situation. So I got to give them props for that because that that doesn't happen very often. Uh, But long story short, in watching like the other people who like do like, dude, when you go watch people play clone hero now, what they can do is like it melts my brain how fast they can play these songs because that's all they have done. For 10 years right you know so like that's just what it's just really really like i i and even just sometimes like and the thing with clone heroes people can like write their own stuff and put their own things in so like through the fire and the flames like whatever that's like old news these days like what they're doing now is just ridiculous so anyway 
long story long, I guess now at this point, I want to be really good at Tetris, but I also don't want to put in the time to be really good at Tetris. Well, if you want to practice, I can send you a board game that you can practice on. <laughs> so, so yeah, how, 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 uh, how human nature is that? I want to be really good at this thing, but I don't want to put any time or effort into being good at it. Yeah. <laughs> So, all right. So, listeners, I'd love to know if you could be really good at something in, in gaming, what would be the thing you'd want to be really good at? Uh, with that, Josh, any questions this week at all? Oh, you know, uh, if we had questions, I'm not prepared. Okay. Well, we'll, <laughs> so, we'll tackle them next my week. My apologies. Then. Not a problem. We will tackle them next week. So, we will then move on to our recommendations for a well rounded life. Obviously, we're a gaming podcast. But we want to give you one other recommendation, suggestion, or thing we are currently into that's helping us live a well-rounded life. Josh, what is your recommendation this week? Uh, Thor, Love, and Thunder. That will be my recommendation this week. Uh, it's a movie. It's from it Marvel. Is. Yeah. And they just had a big thing. I was say, what do you think about their uh, Phase 5, Phase 6 plans? It's very... Um, Ambitious? Lots of stuff. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You there's chose like nine the right things word. coming out in 2023. There's two Avengers movies coming out the same year. Yeah, that's nuts. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, I think the Avengers movies are aren't. Is it the same year? Yeah. Oh, it's, it's like only May, like November. six months apart. Yeah, it's like May and November. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Gang Dynasty and Secret, Secret Wars? Wars. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that's very ambitious, and I have full confidence they can do it. I really, I know everyone has the superhero fatigue, and and oddly enough, I'm actually leaning into it more Mm. uh, for some reason. I'm not sure why. Uh, Maybe because we talked about comics, and we started reading Civil War, and then uh, I started watching... I started replaying Marvel's Avengers, which I did complete the main campaign. That's what I wanted, something I was did two weeks ago. Um, so I'm really digging all that stuff. So to keep that going, yeah, Thor Love and Thunder. Uh, it's not as good as Thor Ragnarok, but it's pretty darn close. In my I, opinion. I mean, that is a tough bar. Yeah, that's like the highest threshold. That's S tier, right? So it's like A tier. Yeah. Still very good. Really uh, caught me by surprise how emotional it was. Great performance by Christian Bale. Mm. Um, interesting performance by Russell Crowe. <laughs> uh, great stinger at the end for a specific group of people. Uh, very, very, very fun movie. Uh, you know, talking about you know, the video game fatigue, uh, did you see the little post in the Game Leaks and Rumors channel on the Discord? Maybe. From Mr. Uh, Jeffrey Grubb, the number three games journalist, according to his Twitter. Uh, Wakanda Forever trailer is great. Let's oh, yeah. talk about the Black Panther game live tomorrow on Games Mess Morning. So that'd be yesterday when you're hearing this. Oh. Uh, so uh, I think uh, Mr. Jeff Grubb's got some some inside details about the Black Panther game, which has been long rumored. There's been uh, quite some thoughts about that there being a black panther game out there so great we'll see what jeff grubb has to say tomorrow uh slash yesterday so cool so thor love and thunder josh says go see it in theaters now disney plus probably not all that long because i mean heck 
uh, Doctor Strange is on Disney Plus already, so. Yeah, I suspect we'll have it on Disney Plus in September, I bet. I would guess the same thing. So, Josh, for my recommendation this week, I have to ask you a question. What is your thoughts on the movie Big Hero 6? It's good. Okay, I agree. I love Big <laughs> Hero 6. Big Hero 6 is, a, I, I thought, a very good movie. Josh, you're kind of a movie guy. Can you tell yeah. me who directed Big Hero 6 without looking it up? Um, I feel, I, I suspect I know, or at one point I knew who the director was and I, and I don't recall. Well, the, and I'll be honest the part- with you if, if I didn't. Okay. So the director is, there was two directors, but one of the directors, uh, was this chap, uh, named Chris Williams. Okay. No, I didn't know that. Chris Williams went on to then co-direct. Moana. Um, he also did the story for Moana, but the hard thing about that is, you know, with Pixar, with the, with Disney movies, there's like eleven writers. So, like, how much of that was his thing? Who knows, right? Uh, well, he also did um, some story work with Brother Bear. Um, he actually was the director of the movie Bolt. I don't know if you ever saw Both. I saw not. Bolt. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, he hasn't really done much since he co-directed Moana. He had a, a short that came out in like 2017, uh, but he recently came back and released his next big feature film uh, that he was the writer and director for, and it is available on Netflix, and it is called The Sea Beast. Okay, and Josh, yeah. yeah. This movie is fantastic. It is so good. Um, did you watch it? I did. Did you not like it? You didn't like it, did you? No. <laughs> what I get, did you like I'll give, give it another chance. What did you like about the Sea Beast, Josh? I I watched it when I wasn't feeling well last two or two weeks ago. Was that when it okay. came out? Yeah. So I might have just I maybe early July, yeah. I might have just been in a bad headspace. I'll give it another shot since you liked it so much. I just thought it was a really like charm, and it, there's a lot of Moana vibes in it. It, it, it agrees sure. that you have, you know, monster hunters who are roaming the seas, yeah. you know, like I. So there's some vibes there, but I don't know. I just something about that movie I was quite smitten with. Um, I think it is a little more of a I don't want to say intense, but I think it is a little bit of a scarier movie for kids, quote unquote. Sure. Um, Carl Urban is the voice of the main character in it. Um, of, of this world-renowned sea monster hunter. Um, who, you know, gets an unexpected stowaway that then, you know, hijinks ensue as, as usually happens in those situations. But uh, I really enjoyed it. I don't, I don't know. I'm sorry that you didn't like it as much as I did. That's I thought okay. it was really good. Um, so I don't know what it was about it that I just found that movie. I found it really compelling. I don't know. So, yeah, it is kind of goofy. It's kind of a goofy movie. Like it's, I don't know. I I'll, just watch, really it. Enjoyed it. I'll watch it again. I also didn't really oh i don't want to say this because i'm gonna i was gonna say another movie i didn't like but it's gonna make me look like a monster so no, i don't want to say it josh it is okay to like have different opinions on i didn't you really know? like moana very much so you know how i just said it's okay to have different- <laughs> see what just happened there <laughs> I, I do see what just happened there because moana is a, a great great movie. i also have to rewatch it i've only watched it once and i and sometimes i understand that i'm not Sometimes you're not in the right mindset, attitude, 
whatever to enjoy a movie. So I have I have certainly watched movies a couple times that I didn't like, like Galaxy Quest. Mm, yeah, I don't know. I just thought it was a really like fun adventure. I don't know, like sure. So, listeners, watch the Sea Beast on Netflix and tell us what you think of it. Because, um, like I said, it's okay to feel differently about things. Uh, if you didn't like Moana, I guess I could see you not really liking the Sea Beast as well. I really like Moana. So maybe if you like Moana, watch the Sea Beast. Um, and if you didn't like Moana, uh, maybe go watch uh, something that makes you sad. I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> like any other Pixar movie. Like any other. Yeah, exactly. So, but that's the Sea Beast on Netflix. I really liked it. Josh was lukewarm on it. Uh, so, yeah, with that. Josh, what do you say we wrap this show up? Good idea. Thanks for joining us, everyone. In addition to finding us on Twitter and Instagram at Board with Fiji, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Board with Fiji. So feel free to give us a five-star rating over there. Also, if you want to communicate in the more long form or you're just not feeling social media, please feel free to email us at boardwithfiji at gmail.com. We tag all of our stuff with hashtag board with Fiji. So please use that hashtag as well on all your social medias and whatever podcast service you're listening to us on. We encourage you to give us a stellar rating. That is whether you're downloading us from the Dice Tower Network feed or our very own standalone board with video games feed. Uh, yeah, you can find me on Xbox Live, PlayStation Network, Steam, uh, things at Why So Serious. That's S I R R. Hi, U.S. Kyle, where can the people find you? So you can find me on all the usual places, Twitter, Instagram, PlayStation Network, Xbox Live, Board Game Geek, all at PsychoCross, C-Y-C-O-C-R-O-S-S. As always, if you have suggestions for future topics, be sure to reach out to us on the social media because we want to talk about what you want to hear about. And remember, everyone, whether it be board games or video games, never stop gaming. Josh, sounds like Rost. I just wanted to uh, send you a little message. I believe you've known each other for quite some time, but you've never met in person. Well, as an outsider, I understand that. But keep training. Keep focused on each other. Have each other's backs. And keep broadcasting that podcast. You're doing God's work. All right, guys. Take care of yourselves. Best of luck. Rost. <laughs>